Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. It's a pleasure to be here with you this morning to the Good Hope family and to all of our family on the I Hope Network. God be with you today and is glad to see you and is, I know it's glad for you to see me. Amen and amen. We're here this morning on this Lord's Day, the first Sunday in April. My goodness, it's April. Amen, amen. So we're here to have our time of worship and our time of hearing from God in his word. And so this morning, we're going to hear from God, because there is a word from the Lord. Let us pray. God, we come now to thank you for allowing us to see one more day. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. And now, Lord, as we come now to hear your word, I pray that you consecrate our hearts and draw, you, draw us nearer to you, so that we might hear you in a new and brand new way. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for taking care of us. And we come now to lift up your holy name and give you all of the glory. And I pray, Lord, that you're glorified and that your people are edified on this day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our scripture this morning is found in the New Testament, in the book of Hebrews, the 11th chapter, verse 1 and 2 and verse 6. In the New American Standard Version, let me read it for your hearing. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtained a good testimony. And verse 6 reads, and without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. The grass withers and the flower fades thereof, but the word of our God shall stand forever. About a month or so ago, I was entering a retail store, and as I was going in, there were two ladies coming out. One uh, had her hands full, and so I just stepped aside and held the door open for her to come on out. Well, as she got out and she got close to her friend, I heard her say to her friend, Child, he understood the assignment. Uh, that kind of took me back because I was trying to figure out exactly what she meant. Uh, I was holding the door because she needed help, and I really didn't catch anything about that. I was just trying to be helpful. And then I'd heard that statement before, so I talked with my daughters to try to get an understanding of just where that he understood the assignment come from. Well, it's on social media. It's, uh, it's on TikTok. And it comes from a rap song. It's not necessarily a clean rap song, but that's where it comes from. Now, uh, this phrase, understand the assignment, can be a compliment or it can be criticism. Uh, especially when you're in a relationship and you're trying to develop it, it, it comes up. And so that kind of provoked a thought in me when I thought about God's word and kind of asked me a question myself. Have I understood my assignment? Have you understood your godly assignment? Have you ever thought about a time you missed the assignment? What is God's assignment for you? And as I thought about that, I'd like for us to just to 
pray about this thought. Understand the assignment. Here in this passage of scripture, we find the writer writing to believers, uh, young believers, new believers in the Christian walk. They were struggling because many of them were of the Jewish religion faith. And so they were struggling because it seemed like where they were headed, people did not want them to go that way. They were urging them to come back to the Jewish religion. And so they were struggling. And so the writer encourages them with this book, with this epistle, if you will. And he encourages them to hang in there. He encourages them to endure through all of the ups and the downs and the hate that's coming their way. He says to them, hold on to your faith. Your faith will enable you to make it through this. And then at the end of chapter 10, he writes that the just, the saved, shall live by faith. And so the challenge that he presented to them is, how are you living? Uh, Francis Schaeffer, the Christian writer, uh, wrote a book asking this question, how then shall we live? Do you understand God's assignment for you? Have you thought about it? Well, in this text this morning, we're going to find three principles that will help us to understand what God's assignment is for us. So for the first principle I want you to see here in the text, in verse 6, first principle I want you to see is you must believe God to please him. It says, and without faith, it is impossible to please him. But he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. The writer here emphasizes what is needed to please God. Uh, He is referencing in verses 4 and 5 what Abel and Enoch did to please God. They understood their assignment. And then when he gets to verse 6, he uses a connective conjunction, the word and, to tell us that all that he wrote about in those first five verses are related to verse 6. And so he says, without faith, 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 faith is a moral conviction of a religious truth. Faith is is a strong confidence. And when you think about faith, one of the things I think we ought to make sure that we understand is that faith is fluid. It's active. Faith is based on the trustworthiness of God, not on our trustworthiness. The writer here declares that without faith, it is impossible to please God. Well, preacher, how do you get faith? I'm so glad that you asked because Romans 12, 10 and 17 tells us that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. He sets the tone for the assignment and, and faith is what you need. It's a necessity. And he says that you must believe. And, and that word is, is kind of in the family of faith. And, and that word believe has a special expression Because it means to believe into something. The sense of putting one's trust in another. It's a strong sense of personal trust where you rely on someone. In the Gospel of John, uh, that word believe is used over 90 times. It has emphasis emphasis on believing. 
Even John writes at, at the end of, of the, the entire book of John, he says, these were written so that you might believe. Uh, when we think about believe, there's a worldview and then there's a biblical view. The worldview says that you must see to believe. Oh, you've probably said it yourself. Uh, I won't believe it until I see it. Uh, you know that relative that you hadn't seen in years, uh, and, you, and they say they come in to the big family reunion. You say, I see it when I believe it. Well, the biblical view flips the script. Uh, Thomas said that he would not believe that Christ had risen until he saw him for himself. And when Jesus appeared, he, he went to Thomas and Thomas touched his nail-scarred hand. And then Thomas believed. And Jesus told him, Thomas, you, you believe because you have seen. But blessed are the ones that believe that have not seen. In John 20 and 29, Jesus makes it clear to him what the biblical view is about belief. Uh, believe is you trust and, and you, you depend on God who you have not seen. So your faith and your belief is on a transcendent God, a supernatural God. Faith does not rely on feelings, emotions, thoughts. It does not rely on you being up today, down tomorrow. Uh, you are confused. Sometimes every day you're angry and you're happy. Uh, you believe what God is doing based on what you see. And in 2 Corinthians 5 and 7, we are told by the Apostle Paul that we walk by faith, not by sight. Abraham and Sarah considered their feelings when they were struggling with their faith. God had promised them a son, and, and he took his time to deliver that son. So they went on and did their own thing. And then they displeased God by going against what his will was for them. So faith challenges us to wait on God. The other word in there is the impossible. The impossible, it, it, it tells us that, that, that we're weak, we're powerless. Uh, figuratively, it means that a Christian's faith is really not yet quite firm. Jesus expounds on that in Mark 10, 27. When he was talking about the rich run, young ruler, he says to the disciples these words in Mark 10, 27. Look at, looking at them, Jesus says, with people, it is impossible. But not with God. All things are possible with God. When we look at that word impossible, it really tells us we're lacking something. And, and when lacking something, we don't have all that we need to please God. So pleasing God means to trust him on this pilgrim journey. It means to mix trust with our actively walking day by day. It means that we've got to depend on God morning, noon, and night. That word please is saying to us that it's to gratify. Have you ever tried to please people? Oh, somebody knows what I'm talking about. You try to please them and nothing you do is right. Uh, you hit or you, you miss and you're frustrated. Pastor Ron Dunn out of the Lifestyle Ministries looked at this and, and this is what he remarked. It's quite a remarkable feat that it is possible 
for you and me to please God. God, who is holy and righteous. So holy, the Bible says that he is too pure to even look upon sin and has such an infinite moral standard. You and I have a chance to please this God. You and I have an opportunity to please him. And, and, and the good news is that it don't take much. What you mean by that? Well, uh, Jesus made the example by taking a mustard seed. And, and when the disciples were trying to uh, heal and, and, and do all of the things that God was embelling them to do, he said to them in Matthew 17, 19, 20, they wanted to know why they couldn't cast out a demon. And he told them, you don't have enough faith. Jesus told them, I tell you the truth, that if you had even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it would move. Nothing would be impossible for you. Oh, that's a little bit. He didn't ask a whole lot for us to have faith, to please him. Yes, little old you, little old me. Yes, a little fickle and fragile, you and me. The ones that are hot today, cold tomorrow. The ones that talk to God every now and then. Those is who he's talking to. He said, that take much. Just a mustard seed. And without that little bit, we can't please him. But with that little bit, it's powerful enough to move mountains. I don't know who I'm talking to today, but do you need a mountain moved in your life? this morning? Do you, do you need something to happen this morning? Well, all you need is a little mustard seed of faith, and God will be pleased. Second principle in the text says that you must seek God, you must seek God to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Every baptized, blood-bought water Baptized believer must believe that God exists. You gain confidence when you are in an active quest to please God. The text uses two verbs, comes and seek, and, and they're written in the present tense, which tells us that it's an active mode, and it means that we got to keep on. we got to do it all of the time. It's in the right now. Uh, we got to take the active the position. Faith is not dead, it's active. And the life of faith is always active. We have to seek God out. And, and, and blind Bartimaeus gives us the idea of what that looks like. In Mark, the 10th chapter, uh, he was blind and he heard that Jesus was near and he sought him out and he hollered for Jesus to heal him. And, and when Jesus turned around and healed him, he said, your faith has made you well. Seek God. Seek to please him. Pleasing God is a divine act. It's an obligation. It's a necessity for you and I. If we're going to understand our assignment, we must understand that it's a necessity. We are compelled to please God. The divine necessity in this text requires us to dig deeper and to have the right focus. And the right focus is that you must seek God, the creator. Uh, he is the creative force. Dr. Charles Adams noted that Latin and Greek scholars say that God created the universe out of nothing. Everything and everybody but God came from God. He is the 
creator, the old saints would say it this way, before there was a when and a where, and a then and a there, there was God. The earth rotates on his axis so that you and I don't get too hot or too cold. God created that. God created the stars in the night. God created all that you and I see. And my favorite one that he created is he created a black cow to eat green grass and produce white milk. Yes, God is the creator. And if you're seeking God, the creator, then you're seeking the right one to please. Then you have to seek the God who is the designer. Uh, he designed all of us as, in, as individuals. Uh, we move and, and have our being in him. Uh, our DNA is specific to us. Our fingerprints are specific to us. We got straight hair. We got kinky hair. We got wavy hair. We got curly hair. We got dark skin. We got light skin. We red, yellow, black, and white. All of our lives matter because of the designer who uniquely made all of us. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere. He's omnipotent. Nothing is too hard for God. He's omniscient. He has perfect knowledge and wisdom. You must seek the God that is a designer. You must seek him and believe that he is who he is. We seek our own pleasure. When we try to reorder the creator's design. When we try to make things what they were not designed to be. You must seek God who made you. The psalmist put it this way in 100, Psalms 103. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. The text teaches us that our assignment is to please God. We must seek God. Have a life that, fit, that a faith that means it shapes your behavior. It guides your walk. You must live like God is real. And he's just not an acquaintance on Sunday morning. Uh, seek God, the creator and the designer. I've told you that you must believe God to please him. You must seek God to please him. And finally, you must believe that pleasing God will pay off after a while. Uh, in the last part of that text, it says that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. Uh, it refers to God who rewards those who seek him. Uh, this transcendent God, the rewarder, that, that rewarder is a noun, and, and it's specifically talking about the only true God, Elohim, El Shaddai, the God that will take care of you. And it says that God gives the reward, not man. When he's the object of our faith, we're rewarded by God. He is pleased with our faith. Uh, his rewards are, rewards are without measure. Now this is not a name it, claim it kind of declaration. This is not prosperity gospel. This is not mom and daddy giving you a reward when you're temporarily doing good. No, this is a reward for hanging in there. This is a reward for enduring. This is a reward for walking daily with God. Well, how does biblical faith work? Faith is rewarded in multiple ways. You must believe to be obedient. The Bible tells us that God reigns of the just and the unjust. A faith reward becomes and it comes in a variety of situations. 
When you look at the hall of faith here in Hebrews 11, uh, God rewards each one of those faithful servants in a different way. There are a variety of outcomes to faith, having faith. Sometimes it can be immediate, and sometimes we've got to wait on God. The writer here in, in Hebrews gives us a, a wide range of results of how God rewarded the faithful, uh, the saints of old. And when he talks about Abel, he talks about Abel's reward is that his faith speaks after death. He talked about Enoch, and, and his reward is that he did not see death. He talked about Noah and, and the fact that Noah built an ark when there had never been any rain. And he says that because he did, he's an heir of righteousness. And then he talks about Abraham, who traveled to an unseen land. He came, became the father of many nations. And you know, when you think about the reward and you think about the ones in your life that have been on this journey a long time, you, you know that they've had faith and their faith has brought them all the way through. Oh, you know who I'm talking about? My dear and, and big mama. They kept on praying for you. And they kept on praying. You know who I'm talking about? Paul Paul, who says to hold on to God's unchanging hand. He says to stay under the blood. You, you know who I'm talking about that has brought you in their prayers to where you are now because they've held on to their faith. You've been in a pandemic, but you know you've been holding on to God and to your faith. You found out that in this pandemic, God is a rock in a weary land. You found out that if you hold on to his, his unchanging hand, that when you're down to your last dollar, he's the one that's going to be Jehovah Jireh. He's going to provide for you. You know that God is faithful in season and out of season. You're finding out some things about God. You understand that it ain't going to be your way. It's going to be his way. And when you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you understand what it means to hold on and, and allow God to do what he does. You can't see it, but you know God is at work. And when we understand our assignment, when we understand the assignment is to have faith to please God, and when we understand that, that we, we just hold on, that we get better after a while, while we're on the journey. Because when we go through something and God brings us through, we get better with our faith. When we didn't think we were going to make it and he brings us through, we get better with our faith. And, and this last thing I want to share with you, Secretariat, one of the greatest horses, when he ran the, the Derby and he won it, it was considered to be the best horse race ever. And they clocked him while he was running that race. And when he finished the race, they, they discovered that each successful quarter mile in the race was run faster than the one before. The longer the race went, the faster the horse ran. Well, what you trying to say, preacher? Well, when you understand your assignment to please God, you get better day by day. Somebody know what I'm talking about. You can testify that you ain't what you ought to be, but thank God you're not what you used to be. The things didn't work out one way, but now when it looks like it's going to happen again, you have more faith this time. Because things are going to get better because God has been faithful to you. You kept the faith and God has brought 
you through. You understand that his grace is sufficient. You understand that he'll never leave you nor forsake you. You know that the God of the Bible and the biblical faith that you've held on to, he will take care of you. The old song says, serving the Lord will pay off after a while. Serving the Lord will pay off after a while. Serving God will pay off after a while. It says, just keep on working. Day by day, whatever God promised, he will pay. Serving the Lord will pay off after a while. Hold on to your faith. God will take care of you. Understand your assignment, and that is to please God. Let us pray. God, we come now to thank you for an opportunity to tell your people that the assignment is to please you. And we pray right now, Lord, that this time that we've had in your word is a sweet sound to your ears and that you've been glorified. And if there's someone here, Lord, that has heard your word, we pray that they come to a saving faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and believe that you exist and believe that you're a rewarder to them who seek you. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the day. Thank you for bringing us through. Thank you for holding us up. Thank you for just loving us just as we are. Great is your faithfulness unto us. Morning by morning. And we bless your name. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. Man what a word from the Lord today. Understand the assignment. How many of us live without putting our faith and our trust in God? How many of us fail to make sure we activate the faith that we say that we have in God? And I want to remind you that faith is a muscle. It's a spiritual muscle. And the only way your faith will grow is if it is forced to develop. Many times we are praying and we're asking God to deliver faith to us. Lord, increase my faith. And the Lord said, I can't increase it unless I develop it. I've got to develop the faith that you have within you. Man, we're grateful and thankful to the Lord. Did, did you take those notes down? Did you write down those points? Let, let me give them to you because I, I don't want you to miss it. You must believe God to please him. You've got to believe God to please him. You must seek God to please him. You can't only just believe it. You've got to seek him. You've got to go after him. And then last, you must believe that pleasing God will pay off after a while. You know, that pay off after a while uh, reminds me of that old song, serving the Lord will pay off after a while. You got to keep the faith, and your faith is going to be challenged sometimes. Your faith is going to be tested sometimes, but you got to have faith in God. Let's prepare for the invitation today. Song says, I surrender all. And somebody today, you need to surrender to God. Somebody today, you've been fighting God. But can I tell you what the old song used to say? Your arms are too short to box with God. It's better if you just yield, if you just give up and just say, okay, Lord, I yield to you. 
I heard somebody commenting on their deathbed not long ago. They said they were at a place that they've never been before, a place that they never expected to be, a place that they never desired to be. And a friend asked them, where are you? And the person said, I'm at a place of total dependence on God. And my brothers and sisters, that's not a place that we should want to be forced to be at. That's a place we should desire to be at. That I'm depending and leaning on you. Listen, if you heard that word today and you know you need to make a step, give your life to the Lord. And you say, you know what? I want to become a Christian today. I want to be saved. I want to confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in my heart. Click on the link. Can I tell you something, man? I'm praising God over 400 people over the last several years have given their life to the Lord through this ministry. And we've had people giving their life to the Lord all around the world. And you can be one of them. We have people who are giving their life to the Lord in Asia, in, in, in Europe, and throughout the United States throughout the world who are saying yes to Jesus. Today I want you to click on that link and I'll show you privately via video how to ask the Lord into your life, how to pray that prayer of salvation, to ask the Lord into your life, to make a confession to the Lord today, to ask him to take up residence in your heart. If you're looking for a church home and you believe this is where God wants you to be, man, please know we're not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. We're just the people trying to become all that God wants us to be, and we welcome you to join us on the journey. So if you want to become part of our church family, just click on the link that says, I want to join the church. We've got a team of people who are already waiting for you. They're waiting for you right now. We'll follow up with you. We'll connect with you, and we'll help you on this Christian journey. Now, for somebody else, Listen, it's giving time. If you haven't already worshiped the Lord in giving, this is an opportunity for you to do that. Six ways that you can worship the Lord in giving here at the Good Hope Church, I Hope Church, on the digital platform. And we welcome you to partner with us in the kingdom building work. I got to tell you, man, God is doing some amazing, amazing things. Just had a meeting uh, about our wellness center, and we're in the midst of pulling that together to help address issues of chronic disparities of health in our community and we want to help people become proactive in getting healthy making sure that their vessels their temples that God has given to them are as healthy as possible so they can be used in the kingdom work I'm grateful for Project Hope our youth diversionary program um, we have young men and young women who are coming in who are troubled in life and parents who are struggling with their children and we're able to work with these families, assess their needs, and help them. I'm grateful for our food pantry. Uh, over 2 million pounds of food have been distributed. We're serving anywhere from 189 to over 200 families. Typically, these families have uh, two to four people in them, and we are blessing them with provisions and addressing their food insecurities. And you and I both know, listen, if you haven't been to the grocery store lately, Man, get ready for sticker shock, y'all. Get ready for sticker shock because you're going to walk in there with a half a shopping cart 
full of stuff and spend $100, $150, and you won't even think twice about it. I mean, hamburger meat is the price of steak, what steak used to be. It's, it's utterly, um, uh, out, I mean, it's just outrageous what's happening in our society. But here's what God is giving us an opportunity to do. God is giving us an opportunity to partner with the Houston Food Bank and other supermarkets and agencies to serve as a conduit to address food insecurities, to bless people who are now at the place where they have to choose whether they're going to put gas in their car or eat. That's not a good place to be, but we're able to bless them. And I can't tell you the testimonies I've gotten from people who have literally said to me, Pastor, thank you for the food pantry. There have been times more than I want to admit when the month was longer than the money and we got to the end of the month and it was the food pantry that helped us to get there. We got those testimonies when we were distributing food once a month. Now we're doing it every week and throughout the week. And we're praising God for that. If you'd like to partner with us in that kingdom building work, man, please join us. I promise you, it's an investment in good soil with good seed. Now, several things are happening as we've come back into the sanctuary. First of all, don't forget about our children's ministry. You can click on or take a picture of the QR code and you can register. We're getting ready to revamp our children's ministry. Can I tell you what we're doing here at Good Hope? We have literally experienced a reset in our church specifically, but in churches around the world. And here's what we have determined to do. We're being prayerful about bringing back what COVID took out. And we're not interested in resurrecting everything that COVID killed. We're trying to be very prayerful to make sure that we make the main thing the only thing. That we're focusing on helping people with their worship, with their walk, with their witness, that we're helping people uh, recognize the importance of living a life of worship. That worship is not an event, it's a lifestyle. And we're excited about that. And we're starting with our children. We want to reset our children and we want to help our children learn how to worship the Lord and we're going to bring them into the sanctuary. Not for us to look at them and watch them perform, they're going to lead us in worship. We want to teach this next generation how to help facilitate the worship of others. We're doing the same things with the youth ministry. So if you'd like to be part of that kingdom work, we would love to have you to be part of it. Now, don't forget, Resurrection Sunday is coming. Um, I'll have announcements. Man, register with us, if you will. Download the Good Hope app. Go to your app store, wherever you get an app and download the Good Hope Missionary Baptist Church app. It looks just like the app that's on the screen right now. Download the Good Hope app and you can follow us anywhere you go. You can go to our archives and hear old sermons. Uh, you can get information, get updates, and all of those things will help you in your walk with the Lord, all right? Again, let me thank the praise and worship team for doing a tremendous job today. Let me thank Reverend Ronald Bell, our director of membership, for a great word. Come on, put it in the chat if you've been blessed. Just say, I, I was blessed by that word. I was blessed by that word. Understand the assignment and make sure you 
fulfill the assignment and do what God has called you to do. Oh my God, wait a minute. Y'all can't leave yet. Hold on. I forgot. I forgot. 150th church anniversary. Listen, I want to thank everybody for the celebration that started on last week. Man, Congresswoman Sheila Jackson Lee came through and gave us this wonderful proclamation from the Congress. We got uh, uh, proclamations from the city of Houston as well. And this 150th anniversary is so big. We're going to celebrate it all year long. You're going to be hearing about it all year long. But don't forget, April the 23rd, April the 23rd, right here in the city of Houston at the Hyatt Regency Hotel Galleria, we are going to have our anniversary banquet. You don't want to miss it. You don't want to miss it. Tickets are on sale now. You can go online if you're in the Houston metropolitan area. Man, we've got some great entertainment, or maybe I should say churchtainment. Uh, Marcus Wiley is scheduled to be there with us, so we're going to laugh. Kathy Taylor is scheduled to be with us, so we're going to have some church, and we're going to have some great food and fun and fellowship. It's going to be a great time in the Lord. Go online, get your tickets right now. They're going fast. April the 23rd at the Hyatt Regency Hotel Galleria. Man, we're going to have a great time in the Lord, and we're going to celebrate this 150th anniversary all year long. Now, if somebody's saying, well, you know what? It's the 150th anniversary. Don't you celebrate it on the date? Listen, when you turn 150, you celebrate your birthday all year long. This is a milestone, sesquicentennial celebration, and we're looking forward to God blessing in a special way. Now, last but not least, God is doing something wonderful in you. God is doing something wonderful in me. Don't discount what God is doing. And can I tell you something? When God is doing something great in your life, it may not always feel good, but it will always be for your good. That's what Paul says. He says, all things work together for the good to them who are called by God and they live according to God's purpose. So remember, no matter what's going on, keep your faith in God and know that he who has begun a good work in you is able to bring it to completion. All right, come on, let's get ready to go. Until next week, God bless is my prayer.